Yeah, I think it made me a nervous child. Also that and the great mouse detective. <laughs> make believe money make believe make believe money three fine folks discuss fictional finance make believe money welcome to make believe money i'm damon i'm liz i'm dan hey dan what are we talking about today uh there will be blood. We're going to talk about There Will oh. Be Blood. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a threat. The movie. I knew that was a movie and it still felt like a threat. Um, I knew it was a movie and I always confuse it with No Country for Old me Men. Me too. Oh. Every time. That was yeah. a Every movie I Actually, I've never I like There Will seen... Be Blood a lot. Mm. I think Old Country, No Country is better. Old Country. There we go. Old Country for No old Blood. Old Country for No <laughs> but Blood. we talk about them like this is a like Inferno uh, like, like Tower yeah, they are Dante's very different. Or yeah. not Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we're we're all we're getting in the groove here. Oh, uh, volcano. Yeah, Dante's volcano. Peak. Dante's Peak or Deep Impact. Uh, asteroids. Armageddon. <laughs> Armageddon. I was really. Tr- <laughs> it is not asteroids. called asteroids. It's important to me that you know that. I was also really hard trying to think of like a porn name for Deep Impact that wasn't just Deep Impact. So that it could be like like how people think of Deep Impact and Deep Impact. There was also an Ashton Kutcher movie that came out at the same time, like where they're both friends Tuesday and then eventually. Jobs. Oh, oh, you know friends with benefits. Friends with yeah. benefits, and, and then there was another one. But yes, there was no strings. Damage. No strings attached. Collateral, no, collateral damage. damage. I think that was. Uh, I think that was <laughs> asteroids the... too. <laughs> collateral damage. Um, we know movies. But the plots have nothing. Like no, they're not at all. They're no, they're older totally gentlemen in both movies. That is, and they're set end of on like long, long shots of the plains. Sure. There you go. They're vaguely centered in the southwest. I guess they're yeah. both and beautiful to look at. Yeah, they're great and movies. They're both Oscar nominees in two thousand nine. Great. So. Wait, really? Same yeah. year? Yeah. That's, that's why, why we got confused. Why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Oh. Um, but so anyway. No Country for Old Men. Where's the money angle? Um, <laughs> Did, that would be wait, a... wait, what? <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Because <laughs> my brain just went, yep, let's keep going. And then it went, no. Hold on. Specifically. I wonder how far you could get into it before people were like, wait. <laughs> which one are they really talking about? I, I will <laughs> do that at least once where you're like, ha, 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 ha. I'm like. Yeah, it was a joke. Let's say it was a joke. <laughs> sure, sure, for funny. Uh, <laughs> because I have a comedy degree. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Liz. Um, specifically, I basically figured out how much money they made. And no, and as <laughs> I can't with you. And there will be blood. Yes, because okay. the plot, and we can go more into the plot, but specifically is that like they are in. He's an oil prospector. The main character is an oil prospector, and they find oil in California, which is a real thing that happened and still happens. But specifically, this one oil field is actually gone already. Um, but, like, I just looked up how much they would have made. Oh. Cool. Neat. Now, so, so is this just like a oil. Wikipedia article? <laughs> uh, no, because it is very hard to find data going back that far. I, okay. okay. So it's... It's a collection of many Wikipedia articles, some <laughs> assumptions, and math. And math. Thanks for revealing basically what this that's show is, Liz. Say, that's the entirety Thank of the podcast. You. It's, it's a little bit of education, a little bit of Wikipedia, and some duct tape, damn it. I was going to say, you talk about that like that's a bad thing, but that's magic, Dan. That's all that magic <laughs> is. Now, clarify this for me. Uh, I always thought, I was always under the impression that this was a fictional story. 
No. No, it is not. It, well, it's kind of, it's a, it's a, so uh, it is based on a novel by Upton Sinclair. Called Oil. Oil. That next, is, sorry. Oil. Oil. It's with an exclamation like, point. Like, Jeb. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. <laughs> when the world was brighter. <laughs> and um, new. And new. Um, oil is a novel, like a novel about real life things. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say like a novel concept. A I novel was like, concept, no, it's but not. But in fact, real. Um, no, I, I believe it is a, a novel based on real events. Yes. I think that like the jungle is a similar thing. Like it's so, a novel based on real butcher shops and things and the it is meat not industry. based really specifically on a real story, but it is roughly, roughly based on Edward Doney. D-O-H-E-N-Y. Okay. That sounds right. Who struck oil in specifically the, I think it's called the Los Angeles oil field, um, which is a real thing that happened. And Mm. like, then there was an, kind of like a gold rush. There was an oil rush to that oil field. And like, a lot of the things that happened in the movie happened and like, you know, there's a gusher when he first discovers it and everything. So it is oh, yeah, loosely based on a real thing. It's just shined up narratively for yeah, it's, a film purpose. Exactly. Speaking yeah. of narrative, do we want to, let's do the plot real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Who remembers it well enough to dance? I think I can. Okay. I did the most research on it, but I also talk like most of the other <laughs> rest of the time. So um, I would say it opens with uh, a smash, long... Smash cut smash two. Smash cut two. <laughs> Star wipe too. <laughs> There's a slow crawl. Damon's feeling really attacked right now because we laughed at him so hard about the opening. I've just I've that, been punching. This is a, a, a let's beat up Damon episode. <laughs> it happens like once a once. night when we record. I'm used to it. It's Everybody fine. gets one, Damon. It's usually the middle one. I want you to know. And you we, know what? Ponies aren't horses. So. <laughs> Shots fired. I want you to know when we do the Big Lebowski, because your name is closest to Donnie without being my name, I'm going oh, to be very rude to you. That's all right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, so anyway, it opens with this like very long shot, a uh, long series of shots um, of Daniel Day-Lewis digging a hole. Um, and not a lot gets explained <laughs> for like the first 20 minutes of the film. He actually um, finds... Precious metals in that one. It's not even like doing oil yet. I know. That's why it's so confusing. <laughs> Where's that's, the oil? Well, that's because I think there's no blood in the first like I will third say, of this movie. It is a good promise because the blood doesn't happen until like the end. But this is why I think it's a like because Edward Doney was originally a precious metal prospector who moved to oil. So uh-huh. that's why again it's like they don't really explain that in the movie, but But that's tied into real life. Right. I have weird feelings about P.T. Anderson anyway, so I'm probably not the best person to oh. offer critiques about the or the summation of the film. I want to hear, but more I'll about get to that, I'll get to the real like thrust of the plot. It's pretty much he um, discovers oil under this parcel of land that is owned outright by a number of different families, right? And he goes around and just tries to convince them that they can make a lot of money with this with his son and partner H. W. <laughs> Um, if they go into it kind of collectively, but also by ceding some control of it over to him, uh, in order to generate profit off of the oil that they found underneath it. And, um, a bunch of old timey disasters happen that just harm and maim a bunch of people. Including his son. Yeah. His son son, goes deaf. Yeah. From like an explosion or something. Yes. 
Yeah, I'm trying to They're remember. They're digging a Derek, and his son is um, playing on the nearby-ish, and um, it explodes, and just the concussive force of it alone. It, like, throws him backwards. Throws him backwards, and, and, and um, yes, deafens him. Poor guy. Yep. It's rough. And it's his adoptive <clears throat> son, technically. Yeah, because yes. it's actually his original mining partner from the beginning. Yeah, son. his mining partner dies in I think either in that explosion in or the in opening. some so no, in the oh, opening you're right. sequence. Yeah, he dies in like an original accident and he adopts the boy which you never quite can tell whether it's because he, you know, owes this debt of loyalty to his mining partner or if he wants to use him to sell himself as like a family man who understands their situation <clears throat> and is just trying to do what's best for them. It's like kind yeah. of a it's hard to tell exactly. The whole thing is sort of a weird portrait of a man who may or may not be sociopathic. Like, yeah, I mean, they bring yeah. in a lot of human foible of like <clears throat> the greed associated with this and and just like the the drink your milkshake thing of like Yeah. And I mean, he's an alcoholic in both the movie. I don't know if he was in real life. Um, Let's, sorry, Ed, I mean, if you're he's listening. super dead. We can just slander him all we want. <laughs> yes, that's totally true. <laughs> I mean, um, it was pre-prohibition, so probably. Probably. <laughs> um, that's what people. That's went, why we had a prohibition. Say. Um, but Paul Dano's there, uh, playing a couple of very confusing characters. Um, a man and his twin. A man and his twin. But maybe they're the same guy. Uh, I. And they're carrying I a log follow. in the background the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Twin Peaks joke. I don't think either of you got. But. I was just going to go with it. <laughs> like, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. He probably was. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, they come into conflict. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dano come into conflict because... Paul Dano is a preacher. One of the Paul Danos is a preacher. One of who, the Paul Danos. Um, <laughs> in the too multi- many Danos. In the multiverse <laughs> where we have many Danos. Uh, Dano Prime. <laughs> he's a preacher who uh, is trying to... Uh, well, he's like corrupt. He's so like corrupt he's in, in his own way. He's, he's like in theory raising. He's trying to push the price up for this of this land in theory to like give money to his church. Yeah, uh-huh. that he's like starting or something. But then it turns out in the end, like he was using all that money, or at least some of it, he was embezzling for himself. Yes, because mm-hmm. at the end, like there's one parcel of land they never sell to Daniel Day Lewis. But it doesn't matter because he. Puts but, a pipe down underneath it. Right, but at the end, eventually, Danos comes to him and was like, I've been embezzling. I need this money to make good on it. Like, I, he, I, he comes groveling to him, and then that's when Daniel Day-Lewis... In a Day bowling Lewis, alley. Yeah, in his house. Under in his house. Daniel Day-Lewis's house, basically. Yeah. And Daniel Day-Lewis smashes him in the head with a bowling pin? Well, spoilers for a movie that's nine years old. Just guess. I was about to say, <laughs> I think we're time. cool on this one. You've I'm going to say the official rule on our podcast is, no, I'm not going to make an official rule. I, I said say, that and I don't want to do it. No, we live fast movies, and loose. Some movies you just don't want to do that to. But um, this one, I feel like, I, I don't know that there was any kind of plot arc that like... I was about to say, it's one of those things that it's worth watching the movie, but for the journey, not for the destination. Yeah. Yes. Like knowing what happens doesn't make it any less worth watching, but knowing what happens doesn't like... Not knowing what happens doesn't make the movie any better. Yeah, you can kind sense? of leave in the middle of the movie and still yeah. have like gotten some interesting, thoughtful, like and the art of it, which yes. is and it is very artful, artful. artful. To be a critic for a second, Get like it, is the thing that I love and hate about Paul Thomas Anderson is just like I've never met a filmmaker that I respect his ability as a craftsman more 
that I have just no interest in ever revisiting a piece of his work. his stories. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every movie of his that I've watched, I'm like, this is great. This is a joyless experience. What's the most recent thing that he just did? <laughs> he just did uh, Phantom Thread. Oh, right. And that was a movie that I was like, oh, I'd rather not. I yeah. just don't want to. That sounds so... But a brilliant filmmaker. Sure, and I'm sure that movie is beautiful. I will say that I think the music in uh, There Will Be Blood, a lot of people were like really into it. And I remember I went to go see it alone because <laughs> it was like the summer or the Oscar season that I decided to go see all the movies that were nominated for Best Picture by myself. And uh, it was so annoying. It's just a lot of like high screechy sounds. Or flute, I guess. But a wonderful filmmaker. <laughs> a wonderful filmmaker. I was about to say, he only has so much control over the music. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, What's your rating? My rating? Yeah. Oh yeah, let's go uh, to that. So how much, yeah, rating of how much you know about it. Uh, I mean... Based off my most recent performance, I would say I'm gonna put myself at a four. Oh. Like it's been it's been several years since I've seen it. I do you feel like I know the plot well enough. I was gonna say you know it better than I do. Um, it's just like it's not like a fandom per se, you know. Uh, fandom thread. It's yeah. hard. So, <laughs> and you asked me to leave your house. Liz. I live here, so you can't make me leave. I. You know what? I got. I might be able to on that <laughs> squatters one. Squatters rights. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like there's, I, it's a well-made film. I've seen it once though. So like, that's probably why, but I mean, it's so well-made that I was able to recite the plot from memory like that, you know? I don't know that means it's well-made. Well, it just, it's well scripted then or well-written at least. You don't like this, do you? I'm not big on this movie. I think that like, I, I am also controversially as an actor, not big on Daniel Day Lewis. (sighs) That is hard. I do like Daniel Day-Lewis a lot. I think he's not as a person, overrated. To be clear. Yeah, I think that like, I think he does fine. I think the whole like bullshit about his like method of how he decides to like keep in this character through the whole thing and like that's taking the Stanislavski method and like <laughs> not doing it right. <laughs> like that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to like draw on your own life. Anyway, whatever. He gets the job done. It's fine. But like. As an actor, I always found him like really annoying, <laughs> and Fair he's enough. fine. It's like three-time Oscar-winning actor. I know. So. <laughs> me, I generally have the kind of taste in actors that makes it so that I say, "Ugh, I don't think Eddie Redmayne's a very good actor." Right before he gets his Oscar, so. Uh, kind of agree with you on that one, right? Though, like, yeah. it's just a lot of face. I don't know. I feel like he gets a lot of credit for being quiet a lot. Yes, and I'm like, that's great. And he gets like like but I can, burbly mouth when he's like upset about something, and that's usually well, like say, Oscar. But gold. I could be quiet, but I actually I think we all know that's not true. I don't think any of us can be quiet. Welcome to Maple Leaf Money. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I would say my rating. I was gonna say my rating was a four, but I feel like you know the plot better than I do, so I'd say three and a half. I mean. We're throwing darts at a board. That's true. <laughs> you know, I was just like, I'm a four, but on the opposite end. <laughs> like, I know a lot about the like yeah. background of it. Sure. I bought the book Oil, intending to read it, and then I watched the movie and went, I don't think I need it. <laughs> yeah. If Damon, you said a four. I did. Yeah. 
I think I'm going to go right there. Yeah, we're I've all seen out of four. once or twice, and I know it better right this second for having done the Wikipedia research, but like... Did you watch it again? No, I yeah. didn't have a chance to, which is rare for me for this one, but yeah. I just ran out of time. But It's a big watch for someone. Yeah, that's say, the that's thing. If it, if it had been like an hour and 45, for sure, but it's like three and 10 or something like that. I also feel like it's the kind of movie that if I wasn't watching it in a movie theater, I would entirely miss the movie because I would be looking at something else. Like It was very hard. I did not watch it in a movie theater, and it was very hard to follow. Well, the bigger reason for me is, like, I, I had the time to watch it, but in, like, an hour and a half and an hour and a half, and I was oh. like, at that point, I might as well, like, throw it away. Is like it I three hours long? I don't think it's quite that long, oh. but it's long enough it's, that, like, I couldn't do it in one sitting, yeah. and it's not a movie that you can get up and be like, oh, I'll just come back to this part and remember like all the... like. It's a feeling movie. You like yeah. It's building a feeling through the movie that you're supposed to carry with you. And if I then like went and did other things and came back, I'd be like, eh, I don't really like still have the the gravitas that I'm supposed to have for this right. scene. Right, you lose the momentum. Yeah. Not of plot, but of feeling. Yeah, I mean, but literally, not in a bad way. It's just like it just would have gotten to the point where I'm like, eh. yeah. And again, I think like that's, I think that's a lot of my issue with Paul Thomas Anderson as a whole is just like I am a I'm a person who doesn't get to view movies in the way that I think he wants movies to be viewed. Sure. Uh, often, and I think that it just hurts my experience with his stuff. No, that makes a lot of sense because I do think the only way. The only way I could have watched that movie was alone in a movie theater. And, like, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. And I really didn't hate it. I just was I like... I own it. It's worth another watch. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. It's two hours and 40 minutes. That's, that's, a, that's a commitment. That, that's an evening. That's an evening. <laughs> At the movies. So. Uh, yeah. I think I think that, like, it, I would feel less <laughs> less salty about it if I, if I liked Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but what were we talking about about it? My oil money. Oils and monies. So that's what we're going to talk about. Oils. Okay. So here's the things we need to know to kind of get into it. He spends $10,000, he being Daniel Day-Lewis, spends $10,000 to buy this land. They say that in the movie. What uh, can we peg a year really quick? Yeah, great, great question. So in 1902, according to the movie, he discovers the oil, and then the movie kind of ends when he kills that pastor we talked about oh, in I, 1927. I forgot that he killed him. I thought he just beamed him forever oh, and made his head bleed. No, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he smashed a, his head in with a with, with a, a bowling, bowling pin. pin. Yeah, like okay. a dozen times. Cool, cool, cool. Um, anywho, so 1902 <laughs> to 1927. Now the hard part about this is I used those years. But in reality, the oil boom was actually a little bit before that. Oh. So, okay. like, this is not an oil... Like, they hit their peak in 1901 and kind of cascaded down from there. Oh. This oil field. Um, it kind of came and went pretty quickly. So, it, like, oil got discovered in 1892, peaked in 1901, and, you know, by... I think it was like 1915. There was only a couple of wells ever drilled again after that. So the movie takes a little bit of liberty and like moves the time period back a couple of decades, a decade and a half, which actually makes kind of a difference. So I went with the dates as portrayed in the movie. Sure. Sure. Makes, makes sense. sense. Jinx. You guys should get married. <laughs> but realistically, like they're probably back a little bit more than they should be, if that makes sense. Okay. But he pays $10,000 for this land. 
and it's potentially only 5,000 because like he gets berated at one point in the movie by one of the kids, the other Danos actually, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> Dano or Dano, Secundus? Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever the non-pastor <laughs> tertiary character Dano. he plays is, I think, is the one who like berates him for not paying them the other five. Like he promised 10 and maybe he only pays them five. It's unclear as mm-hmm. is with much in this movie, but he pays $10,000 for this land. Or at least should have. Or at least that's what he promised. That's what they agreed to in principle. Sure. So now the question is, how much oil does he produce and what is it worth? Yeah. Yeah. So for a benchmark, we're saying $10,000 in 1902 money. Correct. Okay. Which is roughly... It is. <laughs> um, Damon's making a really good Robert De Niro face. <laughs> Hold on, I have it here. De Niro face. Uh, I'll I'll take it. That was a good one. Yeah, so in today's money, that's $215,000. Okay, without knowing how much land that is, that's stupid. And I mean, it's also (laughs) Southern California now. So like, I don't imagine $215,000 going very far. Uh, But I I feel like, uh, how much land does he get for that? So that's the hard part, is we don't exactly know. Okay. And so that's what I figured out, is basically what percentage of that land he needs to buy to break even. Oh. That's what we figured okay. out. And then anything he buys above that is gravy. And so then I figured out how much gravy per amount he's bought, if that makes sense. Sure. So like I have a set number he has to buy X percentage of the land, and then for every 1% more, he makes this much money. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So... The other thing I had to then find is how much the value of oil was in all these time periods, which was hard to find, but luckily I was able to find. So in 1898, a barrel of oil was 91 cents, which admittedly was a long time ago, but is $26 in today's value. A whole barrel? Yeah. That's not a lot of money for oil. Yeah, the world needs oil a lot more now, and so therefore yeah. we pay a whole lot more for it. I guess we didn't have a lot of cars or things that needed oil. I did the same thing though. Not I was like ninety-one cents back then. No, yeah, like, I was like ninety-one cents. That must like inflate to the to the normal like hundred dollars. It nope. does not. It does it's, not. It's twenty-six dollars today. Oh, man, then it sort of seems like oil would not be like it seems like watching this movie and hearing about like oil rushes makes you feel like. It is this like incredibly lucrative thing, like a gold rush to go do. But this sort of sounds like a you found a you found a thing people will buy. On one hand, yes. On the other hand, now it peaks very shortly thereafter. But on the other hand, the next year it was a dollar and twenty nine cents. Oh, that's which a, okay doesn't sound like a huge jump, but it's equivalent of going from twenty six dollars to thirty six dollars, basically almost thirty seven dollars. So okay. getting there financially overnight. Yeah, I mean, in a a year, you're talking about almost, not quite a 50% increase, but like, darn close. Yeah. So it it jumped up, and it jumped up hard. Yeah. Um, And it keeps doing, so I have it through, like, in 1920, it was $3, which, again, is only 20 years later, and it's, you know, tripled in value, or 200% tripled in value. So, you know. Because of cars? I think because of cars. Because of cars. Probably. I'm sure there's yeah. other industries. Bitcoin? but Yeah, because of Bitcoin. 
because uh, of all the computing power needed to mine Bitcoin. <laughs> um, Old timey Bitcoin was real hard because you had to write it down. What a time to pick to decide to um, go mining for oil, though. No, for real. No. Yeah. It was like <laughs> during that old industrial revolution. Do you so, think chicken and egg kind of thing? That's the wor- wonder I have, too. Did you find oil and you got lucky that the time was when it was needed? Or did you find it because suddenly, since it was needed, you did a lot of searching for it? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, did people make more things that used oil because we found a lot more of it. Man, you imagine how much of a nuisance that was back when we used to just like, like the open air, like pits of it that you can find. And it's like, Oh, here's some like black stuff that you can set on fire sometimes, <laughs> but we haven't really figured out anything else to do with this don't, yet. Don't go in it. <laughs> so that's not true though, actually. So this is total tangent, but when I was reading about this, they knew there was oil in the area cause there's a couple of exposed like tar pits and come on. We're, we're people. They like the Native Americans used it for a ton of things. They like waterproofed boats with it oh, and did like sure. okay, waterproofed yeah. clothes. Like, if we find a thing, we that's find fair. a way to use it. That's fair. We might okay. not know we can drill down and get, you know, millions of barrels of it, but like. But they didn't know that they can make jet skis out of it yet, is my point. <laughs> so, like. Give and in time. a world without jet skis, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> it's a world without happiness. Damon's really into jet skis. <laughs> Um, so at that if time, if I really into, you mean terrified of, them. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so I'm going to, I will put this spreadsheet in the, um, show notes because there's a lot of math in this one and a, it's interesting enough to look at if you're into that sort of thing and B, I don't want to have to explain every number. So let me broadly in, in large strokes, explain how we got to all the math we got to. I was able to find various data for various points in time so like hey there were this many wells producing this much oil per day or hey we were able to produce this much per day and this much in a year or hey we were able to produce this much in a year and this over this many wells and so basically i was able to find a lot of those two out of the three pieces over multiple years which means I can back into all three pieces in any given year, right? Because I know how many wells and how many barrels per year I can get to barrels per day. Or if I know how many barrels per day and how many wells I can get to barrels per year. So like basically I was able to find that for several of the beginning years. So 98, 99, and 90 and 91. Good years. Exactly. And then I was able to find it for... uh, So then I was able to find it for 29, which is the last year uh, before he kills Eli... And then between those years, I basically just, so it declines. Like I said, this oil field didn't last very long. So then I basically just did a steady state decline. So if we know, hey, 91 was the peak and it was this much less in 29, I just basically split it out. It loses X amount every year until it hits that amount, which is roughly 2% for what it's worth. Okay. Okay. Does that all make sense? Yeah, I follow. So... In 1898, they produced about a million barrels per year. So that is $910,000 in their in oh, their, in money? their money? Oh, oh my no. gosh. <laughs> That's so many money. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 26 million in our money. Uh, give or take. Jesus Christ. So he's he's okay. So yeah, the thing was, yeah. oil didn't cost a lot per 
per barrel. But there was a lot of it. But when you produce a million barrels a year, yeah, Dems a lot of money. Like Bitcoin. <laughs> but like for real though. <laughs> <laughs> so now, admittedly, here's the here's the rub. This is where the off skew years hurts us a little bit. Because in theory, it would have taken some time to ramp up to that much when they originally found it in 92. Yeah. But we're talking about 98, six years later, when they were kind of up and running at close to peak. So admittedly, this is going to inflate his numbers a little bit, him being Daniel Day-Lewis's. What's his name in the movie? I'm something, and this is my son and partner, H.W. <laughs> <laughs> so we know H.W. Because I... I remember H.W. because Daniel I... Daniel Plainfield. Daniel Plainfield. Because I make that joke uh, when he was in Lincoln. I go, and this is my son and partner, Tad Lincoln. <laughs> Todd? Tad. He is Tad and Todd. Oh, not a creative naming scheme there. Not a lot of them lived. Well, that's true. Sad Lincoln. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so we peak out at 1901... At 1.8 million barrels a year, Oof. wherein he makes, well, they, the whole field, I should say, makes $1.7 million in their money, huh. or $49 million in our money. In a year. In a year. Shit. Whoa. Okay. So from 1898, let's just cut to the chase, to 1929, they make $35 million $841,980. In their money? In their money. In their money. $771,159,658 in our money. That's two Fords? No. No. No, <laughs> it's not. It was 44, billions? I think it was $44 billion. Yeah. yeah. It is not. Actually, in oil money, this is small potatoes. Sure, but this is just one guy. But he only of. had to pay ten grand for it, and it made $35 million. Now, mm-hmm. did you just solve for, like, what he made? Like, are we going for, like, the, the oil fields number, or did we go down to, like, exactly what did Daniel walk away with? Oh, Damon, oh. how you hurt my uh-huh. feelings. Did we just I, go with what the field made? You silly I, man. I just, are nope, we being specific? F- <laughs> you know what? Maybe we do pick on this him This is a pick often. on Damon episode. I'm so sorry. Shut up, Liz. You're huh. the worst. Damn it. Let's pick it. on Liz now, Damon. Get on board with me. I don't know. Something about ponies? <laughs> That's you're just gonna go to that. Ponies. 300 episodes in, someone who joined us on episode 200 is gonna be like, "What's the deal with ponies?" I won't tell them. My podcast, the podcast I listen to, do it to me. That's and I fair. go hunting uh, for yeah, it, I like find it. like a good American. No, I give so, up. So here's what we did next. That's how much it made. Right. But how much profit, profit was there? Yeah. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Right. So what we did is we pulled up Exxon's current profit margin and applied it then. Oh. So you don't need to know all the math. Basically, over the last three years, Exxon has averaged 6% net income. So like profit at the very uh, baseline after all of their expenses. Um, 6% profit. Okay. Okay. So if you divide... Is that... Sorry. Go ahead. Is that like a, a... Compared to other things, is that like a good percentage? Like, just totally depends. It's so industry dependent. Sure. You know, restaurants make nothing, and grocery stores um, make nothing too, right? Right. Grocery yeah. stores are very narrow. Versus, there's you know certain things, Bitcoin, like credit card companies that make you know 
tens and tens and tens of percent, whatever. So like really depends on the industry. I didn't, I should have, but didn't compare it to other oil companies. That's really the only way to know. Oh, okay. I just picked Exxon because it's a big one and it was easy to find. Yeah. Um, but it really is industry dependent. Okay. Like I think it makes sense. Makes almost nothing, for example. But. I think it makes sense though, since it's primarily, you know, it is a resource based industry. So like they have to be going out looking for more of it. Right. So there's a lot of cost. Non-renewable. And it's literally a commodity. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no reason to buy Exxon's. Like, you buy Coke for more than you buy knockoff Coca-Cola. Right. But knockoff colas. But But there's no reason that they BP or Exxon both came to me and offered me oil. I mean, there's different types of oil, but they offered me the same type of oil. It's going to buy whatever's cheaper. Oil is oil. Right. (laughs) My mom driving up the road a couple of blocks to get the cheaper gas. Exactly. It is a commodity. So, mm-hmm. uh, plus net income is not a great use. Like, we should probably look at operating income, but net income makes more sense for this because I want to figure out what he takes home. Right. Yeah. So, like, but yeah. Okay. So, to answer your question, I don't know. It's the, the, that was a long <laughs> way of trying to make myself look smart, but saying I don't know. No, but that's like, because my question I feel like was just like, that doesn't seem like very much profit to me, like, like over every industry. When what you're saying is like it depends on the industry what kind of profit you can yeah expect. what the like average net income is across like the S and P five hundred which is across industries I don't know right I might be able to find it if I looked but like I don't know because honestly most people don't compare it that way right cause because it's kind of apples thinking, to oranges yeah if you're thinking about buying an oil company you look at to see compared to other oil companies how are they doing if it was like oh I'll buy anything then like you don't really know why you're investing or what you're investing in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like from an investing yeah. standpoint, you tend to look across apples to apples to your okay. to your comment. I think there's gonna be a fun Easter egg for people on our three hundredth episode if we keep like talking about apples every episode. <laughs> <laughs> How many apples have we talked about? Since Katana I think we've talked about apples every episode. Maybe I don't know if we talk what, about apples and Zelda. That's maybe that's what we'll do. Meta is we'll we'll do an episode of how often does Make Believe Money talk about apples? <laughs> how many apples? And would what we kind be of worth? profit can yeah. we expect? Not much, guys. We need sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> so we take that six percent profit margin, right? So we take the ten grand that he invested and divide it by six point three percent to figure out how much revenue would he have to make to get the 10 grand back in profit. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. So basically what number times 6.3% gets him 10 grand so that he's a wash. Feels like pretty low. Pretty low low bar, right? Yeah. Uh, It's $158,000. Oh, he hits it like immediately. So out of the entire oil fields profit, or sorry. So, and we know the oil field made about 36 million mm-hmm. again times that 6.3 percent in profit the oil field over the entire from 98 to 29 it would have made 2.2 million dollars in profit in their money that's pretty chill 35 million 36 ish million in revenue 2 million and change in profit i'll take it yeah okay. i'll take it a bad day and i was about to say in today's <laughs> money that means the seven hundred and seventy-one million that it made would have about forty-eight, almost forty-nine million in profit. Okay. Yeah, not a bad day. Yeah. yeah. So that means if he needs one hundred and fifty-eight thousand, and it made two point two million, he needs to own seven percent of the land to come out dead even. Okay. Okay. So this is where we don't know. He buys this land 
and we know he doesn't buy one farm, but we don't know exactly how much of that oil field he owns. Right, because he, he's, he's buying it from these families, but there's still like there's some holdouts. And in the real world, like there was multiple companies that came in, and some people farm like oil farmed, if you will, their own land. So yeah. like we don't exactly know, but if he owns seven percent, based on the movies math and the real life math, he broke even. Which I know he did better than. Because he has that fancy house he with a bowling stuff. alley in the right. bottom. A bowling alley. I don't so, have a bowling alley. For every extra 1% of that land that he owns, he makes an additional $22,642. Or in, in today's money, oh. $487,161. For every 1% more. Additional. So okay. he breaks even, owning basically almost exactly 7% of the land. So for every out. additional amount, just to like help us think about it in our, our terms, for every mm-hmm. additional 1% of that land he owns, he makes $487,000 of profit. Man, that does in, not seem like a high bar to clear either. Like That's in today's money. In today's money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For, just to like help us visualize it. So basically, if he buys 7% of the land, good for him, he broke even. For every 1% above that, he makes 487000 thousand dollars he's like if he even just had 10 percent of the land like, yeah he makes 1.5 million yeah in today's money right yeah Woof. right so Woof. assuming he owns like 50 percent that would be what 43 percent more yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's 21 million dollars in yesterday's money no in today's, in today's money. money but still million you can afford a bowling alley on 21 million dollars well I feel like if you're shopping around for your bowling alley you might get a more competitive price than 21 million dollars no not to spring this on you but i've been to a mansion with a bowling alley in the bottom yeah we went to namoris which, which is, is one of the dupont family mansions how do you spell that n e m o o r s I probably did that wrong. The Moore's Mansion. N-E-M-O-U-R-S. Oh, there's a U. Opened in 1910. The question is, is there a price on here? (laughs) I don't think you can buy it. It's a museum now. No, I just want to know when it was built, how much it was built for, because then we could probably back into it. They would probably have that somewhere. It was built in 1909 and 1910 at an estimated cost of $2 million. That's it? 1910. Then. Oh, 1910. Sorry. So, so it would cost about $50 million in today's money. Oh, so it's too much. So, $50 million. Yeah, it'd be more than actually I think he could make on this oil field. He can't buy Nemours. Mm, okay. Now, yeah, Nemours immediately... came with, I think it said 300 acres. It also is a very yeah. large property. So... It's a very large property. Saw... And there's a lot of stuff that... He that I don't think that Daniel Plainfield is interested in. Like a family space? There's a lot of room for family. Yeah, that <laughs> for doesn't seem kindness like thing. And kindness. Love seemed, and joy. Yeah. yeah, for like, you so know. So if he just wanted, like, <laughs> the basement that had the bowling alley in And then, it. like, a fancy house with, like, empty rooms, he probably could do it. Yeah. I imagine the bowling alley is just a fraction of the cost of the whole place. Yeah, yeah and he already that, owns the land, so. That whole 30 years, that oil field made... Two point two million, so he probably yeah, he wouldn't, wouldn't be able to afford thing on a bowling alley, right? And that includes yeah. his seven percent and everything else. But again, his house doesn't presumably have a three hundred acre plot surrounding it, so no. 
Unless it's the stuff he already has. And also, like from my research, I'll tell you, this is actually a fairly small oil field since it's already dead. Like the stuff that DuPont was on is in further south California is what I believe and is like continuing to be real oil fields. So like they are much bigger. Oh, yeah. Like money. That's on that. We're not. We're yeah, I mean, I don't think that. anybody thought I just that walked wasn't into, the case. But. I walked into the bowling alley in Nemours and was like, ah, oh, there will be blood. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it looks almost exactly like it, too. Yeah. But they screened movies down there, too. And I believe you. What? Bowling alleys kind of only look oh, one no. way. I mean, I like, mean, you know that, like, old-timey, like, spooky yeah, bowling alley? I do know what you mean, but it's not like there's a ton of different ways to make a bowling That's alley. Fair. Like, I this mean, one's curved. It doesn't curved. have laser lights and a yeah, neon yeah, yeah, light yeah, show. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the type of bowling alley where oh, it's like you have, like, a porter sitting at the other end who yeah, puts who, the pins back up that's for fair. you. <laughs> there's some of those in Chicago. I was going to say, I've yeah. been to one, and it does look like there will be blood. But there's people at the back, so you, you don't can have to worry about You can stick a fiver in the bowling ball, and, like, they'll knock pins down for you and stuff. It's kind of fun. Yeah, you're supposed to. It's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Cheat for money. <laughs> that's it. That's all I had. That's it. He becomes Thanks. very wealthy. Thanks Soon for to make Billy money. <laughs> wildly wealthy, but not wealthy enough to build... Nemours. Nemours. So, so for if those of you, Delaware. the very, 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 very select few of you who've gone to Nemours, now we know say, exactly how wealthy he is. I think that like a third of our listener base is my mother, so. <laughs> <laughs> who was this episode for? <laughs> <laughs> but mom's been to Nemours. Um, it is probably, I'm going to guess what, Shots Fired Delaware, I think is the only thing to do in Delaware. They don't even have a gift shop to buy a magnet that says Delaware on it. You have to go elsewhere to get a magnet with Delaware you have to go on, on the it. internet you do I could get a magnet that says Delaware on it here in Illinois easier than I could get a magnet that says Delaware in the entire state of Delaware we looked you probably get one in New Jersey because they want to be like no this isn't New Jersey let's say we're Delaware <laughs> uh, we're uh, um, Maryland where's you, Maryland is Maryland the, close does anybody know let's say we're that do you see the shore <laughs> do you want a hot dog <laughs> coffee <laughs> that's pretty good I'm from there. <laughs> uh, that's it, right? Dan- Damon, you wanna you wanna take us out? Uh, no, I don't. Actually, <laughs> okay. we shattered all his confidence Aww, with the intro. I feel like you could have done it. Um, well, thank you for listening to Make Believe Money. We've been, I've been Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. And collectively, we are the Power Rangers. Copyright. It's copyright. That's why can't I, say like, that. It said it in the middle of my throat. <laughs> if you say really it softly, it's no longer yeah, copyright, it's not infringement. copyright infringement. If you don't mean it. Um, thank you for listening. As always, also thanks to our composer Charles E. Miller for our music. Please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, especially, but any podcatcher of choice that you would like to tell other people what you think about this show. We love you. Um, Tell three people who don't know us about the podcast and get them to write a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us a lot. Uh, And catch us next time on Make Believe Money. Bye.